Whether you're a driver who loves a good journey or a dealer selling tires, the road to success features a lot of the same stops. To make our journeys beautiful, we need premium, safe products that provide peace of mind in all conditions. And just like on the highway, it's a shared experience. At Nokian Tires, we provide those products with a side of passion. This podcast aims to showcase that shared passion among anyone who cares about the road ahead. Welcome to the Nokian Tires Journey Podcast. Welcome into the Nokian Tires Journey Podcast. I'm Nokian Tires Senior Communications Manager Wes Bowling. Our goal with this podcast is to give you everything you need to know about Nokian Tires and also fill you in on key events in the tire industry. We want this to be a one-stop shop for your shop to understand trends in this industry and how we are helping you navigate them as a business partner. Today we have a busy day for you, including an engrossing conversation you're going to enjoy with tire business editor Don Detour. We talk with him about this industry, the trends he's seeing in the first six months that he covers in Tire Business's mid-year report that just came out on newsstands and online. And he also gets into his perception of where things are headed in this industry, not just this year, but in the future. Finally, we talk with him about his perception of Nokian tires. We think it's going to be an extremely useful interview that you're going to want to share with your colleagues and listen to maybe more than once. So let's turn the ignition now and get into today's episode. We'll start today by talking about an expansion at our North American factory in Dayton, Tennessee. This is a really big deal for our company, and it's going to help you strengthen your business, we believe, as well. Then we'll get into a new way that we're engaging drivers to bring them to our website and ultimately bring them to your shops. And then we'll close with that expert insight from Don Detour that I think you're really going to appreciate at the end of the episode. Stay tuned for The Road Ahead, where we have a couple of key updates for you that you'll want to keep an eye out for regarding our company. But without further ado, let's get into Tread Trends. This is the segment where we talk about key trends and patterns in the tire industry and major news. And we'll start with major news from us. Our North American factory is ready to double production this summer. We recently added a third production shift that happened back in May, and we're preparing to add a fourth in mid-July. Now, that's going to enable us to essentially double our output at our Dayton, Tennessee factory, where we aim to make a million tires this year, and the shift expansion will allow us to essentially make tires 24-7 in Dayton. Here's why that matters for you. We've doubled our workforce since January so that we can make more tires than ever before in Dayton as part of our ramp up to eventually make as many as 4 million tires here in North America. That's going to shorten lead times for delivery to your shops. It's also going to allow us to tailor our product mix to the needs of North American drivers so that we can focus our production at other factories globally a little more on what the global mix needs to be. We'll still make some North American products there too, but we're going to be able to really double down on domestic production and enable you to get those tires quicker and get tires that are going to be tailored to the needs of your customers. We are really gratified to see the growth that's happening in Dayton as we contribute to the local community there by adding jobs and we contribute to our relationship with you 
by making tires 24-7 in Dayton, Tennessee. Again, that fourth shift will start in mid-July. Third shift is already underway, and I was speaking with some people at our factory this week. Things are going really well down there with the new employees that have come on in the first half of the year. Big things coming out of Dayton. Stay tuned on the Dealer Services portal and on this podcast for more news as it emerges from Southeast Tennessee. Here's a question for you. Where are your travels taking you this summer? And what are your favorite road trip destinations? We're asking drivers this month as part of our journey campaign. And that intends to crowdsource a bunch of great road trips on our website and ultimately attract drivers to our shops. That website is nokiantires.com slash journey. And starting later this month, later in June, we're inviting drivers to visit that website. Again, nokiantires.com slash journey to add their favorite road trips. They'll also be able to access safety tips from us and road trip ideas from dealers and influencers. That's right. We're asking you to get involved. We love your road trip ideas and we'll post them on the Journey microsite. We'll write a blog post about select recommendations. So that enables you to get some publicity out of this and maybe even a few customers. And the broader goal of this is that as drivers visit nokiantires.com slash journey as they look at these cool road trips they're not only going to get a chance to win some free tires and some other prizes but then they go to the dealer locator and they start looking at shops maybe in the areas where they're going to be traveling but certainly in their own communities and that of course aims to bring them to you if you're interested in participating with your own testimonial love to hear from you my email address is west.bowling that's b-o-l-i-n-g at nokiantires tires with a y West.bowling at nokiantires.com. We'd love for you to participate in our journey campaign. Finally, Tire Business Magazine's mid-year report is out. The tire trade publication dives deep into the industry twice each year to highlight key industry trends and updates from tire makers. And you can find an interview with Nokian Tires Director of Sales, Tommy Hannon, in, in the edition. If you want to flip to page 18 of the print version, you can see it there, or you can see it on Tire Business's website. That's tirebusiness.com. Editor Don DeTour, special projects reporter Bruce Davis, and the Tire Business team do a thorough job illuminating where the tire industry is headed. And we strongly recommend picking up the mid-year report or reading it on tirebusiness.com. But we are not going to settle for just promoting that. We wanted to get the editor of Tire Business into this space to talk to you about these trends himself and bring you his first-person perspective. And that is up now in our interview segment. And now let's have an in-depth chat with one of the primary authors of the Mid-Year Report pieces on Tire Business. We're talking to Tire Business editor Don DeTour. Don was named editor of Tire Business in January 2017. He started with the sister publication Rubber and Plastics in March of 2013 as a copy editor. He was later promoted that year to managing editor. He's been a journalist for more than three decades, including 27 years with the Canton Repository, where he was sports editor, managing editor, and executive editor. Don, not only have you worked in Tire Alley for a long time, but you grew up in Northeast Ohio as well. From one former sports reporter to another, thanks for joining today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Wes. Always love to talk to you. First and most importantly, are your Dodgers going to repeat this year? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't make that prediction because I don't like to do that, but I do think that they have the talent and the, uh, the fortitude and uh, – particularly the pitching to do it. Um, uh, being in the shadow of Cleveland here uh, where I live, I got to see Trevor Bauer pitch. So mm-hmm. having him on the Dodgers now is a pretty big um, addition to their pitching staff. And, you know, Kershaw's always good. And uh, so I think they're going to be 
right there at the end. Although uh, as we uh, spoke off camera for a little bit, Padres and the Giants are right on their in that division, and yeah. uh, actually the Dodgers are on their heels because they're they're third place right now. And my Atlanta Braves just took a series from you guys, so we will uh, we will see. <laughs> All right, moving on to the topic at hand. I think as much as anyone in this industry, you have your finger on the pulse uh, of what's happening across the tire world, whether it's dealers, tire makers, um, legislation, which we've seen really be a big deal here lately. So first and foremost, you've been in automotive journalism for nearly a decade. You're, you're Northeast Ohio native. In your time in and around the rubber and tire business. Have you ever seen a more unpredictable landscape than what we've witnessed since March of last year? You know, it has really been remarkable when you sit back and think about everything that uh, the world and the country has been through in the last, you know, 18 to 24 months. Um, I, I sat back and thought about some of the big events I've covered uh, during my career. Um, you know, I spent a lot of it in sports. Uh, you know, I covered a lot of big local sports and news stories, and then I was in news for the Great Recession and um, also uh, was witness to the uh, departure of the beloved Cleveland Browns from Cleveland to Baltimore, uh, which was a huge story. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, this pandemic and some of the uh, surrounding difficulties have been beyond, really beyond comprehension for a lot of people. Um, it's really good that, you know, the country is getting back to normal, some degree of normalcy. I know parts of the country have been back to normal for a while here in, here in Ohio, uh, we're just getting to the point where, uh, we're going out without masks and, and, uh, basically returning to normal life. So it's, it's, it's kind of nice, but man, I'll tell you what, the, the last few months have been a real, real roller coaster. Uh, and the mid-year report that you put out has some in-depth conversations with tire makers and others in the industry about a really key insight that covers this unpredictable time and hopefully a bounce back in the industry as well, a resurgence after certainly a rough stretch in the tire world and automotive world as a whole back in 2020. Uh, I encourage folks to go read the Midyear Report. It is out now on tirebusiness.com, digital edition, and of course the print edition as well. I'll ask you just to synthesize maybe at a high level. What themes are you seeing across the industry that you've highlighted in this report? Sure. And, 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 and let me start off, Wes, by explaining uh, what we actually do with the Midyear Report. Um, I actually go through our list of uh, tire makers, top tire makers uh, based on global sales. And of the top 30 tire makers, uh, this year, we approached around 25 of them, asking them to participate in our uh, publication. And the vast majority of them do, although some promise and don't exactly come through. Uh, but we kind of do it in a, in a twofold way. Uh, we do some interviews, and then we also uh, provide some questionnaires in which we ask tire makers Similar questions, but then we also ask them questions based on uh, their business over the last year, some of their products, some of their highlights, some of their personnel changes. Um, so it's, it's a pretty fascinating look inside the industry at midpoint of the year. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun to do, a lot of work. Um, but I'll tell you what, this year there was a, was a lot of, a lot of uh, information that we got from that. Um, you know, first of all, I think this is common within the industry. Uh, business fell dramatically right after COVID. 
um, March and April of last year. But as soon as the stimulus checks, the first round of stimulus checks came, uh, we're hearing business really pick back up. And uh, most businesses f finished pretty strong at the end of the year. And that surge has continued uh, into this year. Uh, people are out there buying. Um, there's problems with uh, uh, product. There's uh, logistical problems that uh, between container shortages, container ship shortages, uh, backup at the porch, ports, um, all kinds of issues with, with that. Uh, and, and, and some manufacturers really haven't uh, resumed their uh, capacity uh, from the shutdowns due to COVID. So a lot of that is going on. Um, but I think a lot of the tire makers also made a point to explain how they dealt with COVID and some of the some of the things that I uh, uh, some of the things they were most proud of. And I thought that was quite interesting too. Mm. Uh, one tire maker told me they they found a muscle they never knew they had before. Ah, well said. Yeah. Um, so there there's a lot of a, a lot of um, ways to approach it. You know some. Some tire makers did it very cautiously, pulled back on projects, and some tire makers went full bore into it and, and uh, tried to do as much as they could while they had the opportunity to do so. So you're in an interesting position too, because you're having these conversations with the tire makers, but you also are are working closely with tire dealers and and getting those anecdotes from the from the shop level, from the distributor level. When you talk to dealers and distributors about what they're seeing, do their experiences, whether it's regard to a growth in the replacement tire market from last year, um, inventory challenges, those types of things, do those uh, observations and experiences match the big picture trends that you're seeing and hearing from tire makers? Yeah, they do. I mean, the, the big thing is, is, is product shortages and how, and how to deal with that. Um, many of them are, you know, trying to uh, play the game where, you know, you guess on which uh, tire you need to stock or which tire uh, your next customer is going to come in asking for. So, uh, and that's, and that's a tough, extremely tough now. And that coupled with, uh, you know, price increases, um, uh, there, there's not a tire maker around that hasn't had uh, at least two price increases in the last few months. And, um, you know, nobody likes to increase prices, but it, it's just kind of what they need, what, what everybody needs to do. Um, you know, with the raw material shortages, the problems with the logistics channel, the supply chain, uh, the problems with um, uh, capacity, you know, um, it's all a, a confluence of events that are causing prices to go up. And, and I think that's, you know, uh, having an adverse effect on some of the tire makers because, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to explain that to a consumer. And then I think this year, I think that kind of gets overlooked is some of the other natural kind of disasters that have happened that you can't predict, you know, the, the storm in Texas where it kind of upended the uh, oil industry. And uh, you had the problem with the Suez Canal being shut down and how many ships had to divert or be delayed. And that, that only uh, exacerbated the problems that already existed. So, mm. yeah, the, the, you know, many of the dealers are, are, are finding um, the same problems that the, you know, the tire makers are seeing. And the tire makers, to their credit, are trying to respond to what the dealers are, are telling them and trying to help them 
uh, be as successful as they possibly can. Sure. Speaking for ourselves, I know that's certainly our, our goal as well to be responsive, uh, proactive, but also responsive as we as we hear those needs arise. Um, you mentioned a tire maker saying they found a muscle they never knew they had. I think many tire dealers listening to this would relate to that as well. Uh, you know, they've had to address challenges they never anticipated and draw on skills that that maybe they didn't know that they had. Do you have any examples of ways that shops are creatively addressing the obstacles they've faced either through COVID-19 or from some of these other industry challenges that, that are trickling into 2021. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, some of the some of the more more unique challenges are uh, uh, one dealer said, I think several dealers actually told us they built a, a, a kind of a wall around their uh, service counter just to maintain the social distancing between the customer and the uh, representative from the tire shop, and they built that with tires. Um, I thought that was a pretty innovative way to uh, bring your message across. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know the the the, uh, the cleaning supplies. It was a, it was a, I guess quite a, a rush to find the right cleaning supplies, and you know uh, the, the folks that had it at the time, you know, jacked up the prices. So you you know it was a free for all and. Uh, you know, now, uh, you know, tire dealers have found their sources and, and feel like they, you know, have the needed supplies to keep their shops clean. I don't think you're going to find a, a cleaner tire shop uh, today than you did in years past. I mean, it, it's kind of remarkable um, what, what some of the dealers have done to uh, accommodate today's customers. And I think another thing that, that they're doing is... Uh, uh, bolstering their online presence. Hmm. Um, I know uh, Eric Gill up in um, uh, the Northwest, uh, Eric Gill's Point S. I know uh, his, he told us that his um, online traffic has increased dramatically uh, because when people were uh, stuck at home and they knew they needed tires, what do you do? You go shopping online and, mm -hmm. you, and you find your tires there. So, um, Interesting stuff. I, I, I think I think COVID has really pushed the online market um, years forward. Um, I think it's really made it important for a tire dealer to uh, be represented online and to offer products and product services and anything he can online. Certainly, you know, we, we have portals too, like our dealer services portal from the B2B standpoint too, where, where dealers can can conduct so much of that business, you know, quickly online rather than having to call a customer service line. And our reps are always standing by and willing to help there too. But but it's interesting to see how that trend's pushed up toward the tire maker as well. Speaking of, of larger industry trends and really societal trends, sustainability has been a big push uh, in the tire industry and really from consumers across the gamut of of consumer products and a number of tire makers are making investments in sustainable tires in eco-friendly production technology our factory in dayton tennessee is the first in the industry to earn lead version four silver certification how important do you view these commitments to sustainability not just for the environment first and foremost just to be good citizens of the world but also because they're driven by business need and, and as tools for increased sales and consumer awareness yeah you know there's not a day that goes by that they don't get an email release from either a tire maker or a dealer a dealership with the word sustainability in it <laughs> i mean it's just a big buzzword today as, as as well as mobility 
Um, I think sustainability is extremely important and it's an extremely important message to convey to consumers. Um, but um, I, I will tell you this, and I remember when I visited your facilities when you were in um, Vermont, I had a conversation with uh, Tommy Heinen about this. And just the other day, I interviewed the uh, uh, North American president of Pirelli, uh, Pietro Berardi, and he and I were talking about it as well. Um, sustainability in, a, in North America, particularly in the U.S., doesn't mean what it means to folks in Europe and, and, and even Canada. Um, and I think the challenge is, I think, as a nation to get that message across to consumers, how important sustainability really is and how much effort it takes to, to do this and, and what it means to the future and the future of the future generations. Um, I really commend Nokian and other companies for pushing it. Uh, I know it's in Nokian's DNA um, as, as it is in you know other tire makers and other manufacturers as well. Um, the challenge is the, to, to convince consumers of that. And I think if you look across the country, you know, sustainability is going to have a different message in the West Coast than it's going to have in Montana, mm -hmm. or going to have in Texas, or going to have in New York City. Um, th there's varying degrees, and I I'm I'm a little disappointed in how, you know, as someone who travels to Canada a lot and sees how how much recycling and sustainability is important to Canadians. Um, I, I get a little di disappointed in uh, our country because we don't carry that same uh, care or just don't have it. Uh, but I was I was heartened because in speaking with both Tommy a few years ago and, and Mr. Berardi uh, last week, they both said that it's improving. They can see it improving in the U.S. and that, that it's become a, a more than just a buzzword here. I think people are uh, focused on that and, and, and it means more to them. And I hope, I hope that's true. I hope, mm -hmm. I hope I really do because it's important. I just had my first granddaughter, uh, the other day and, you know, I want her to grow up in a sustainable, uh, uh environment. And, um, so you just hope that, uh, the future generations recognize that and, and react to that. Sure, and uh, congratulations, by the way, again uh, for the for the granddaughter. I think too, it's it's about educating consumers that there's a false choice out there. You know, often sustainability is characterized as a choice between environment and economy, and in reality, uh, I think we both know that that sustainability will define businesses' ability to compete, and that it doesn't have to come with trade offs tied to safety or tied to cost necessarily. That that ultimately, you know sustainability will drive our future economic success. And I think that's why you see so many businesses, including ours, diving into it because we care, but also because there's a strong business case to be made for being being eco-friendly. Um, let me ask you, um, getting a little broader for the last couple of questions here, what do you believe will define tire makers' success in the rest of 2021 and beyond? I think it's, you know, how they're going to adapt to a changing world of mobility. Um, you know, one part of me says that, you know, there's, you know, I see a SEMA statistics where there's less than 2% of the vehicles on the road today are electric vehicles. But then I see, you know, uh, Ford coming out with a all electric F-150. 
I mean, um, you know, it's coming, you know, it's gonna, it's right around the corner. And, you know, if a dealer, if a dealer is going to, uh, or an attire maker is going to succeed going forward, um, they have to react to that trend and, and, and be on top of it. Um, one, one, one piece of advice that I, that I heard recently that I thought was pretty good. Um, even if a, if a tire dealer does not want to uh, jump into uh, having, having a technician uh, learn maintenance of EVs that perhaps he should, he or she should maybe install at a charging station outside of their shop so that you, you maybe use some grant money and, and invest in that and, and show that, you know, hey, I, I don't have this now, but I know it's coming and, and you can come to my shop and get your EV charge. And if you need your windshield wipers, blades changed or your tires rotated or, you know, whatever, I can do that type of service for you. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think I think it's going to be uh, the, the, the companies and the dealers who are able to adapt to some of those changes, the online changes, the, the you know, um, Autonomous vehicles. I don't know. Uh, uh, you're you're a younger guy, Wes. Would you trust an autonomous vehicle? Would you get in it with your family? You know. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I'm there. I think I might just be uh, uh, maybe even a generation above even what um, who would trust it. But I certainly could see my my son. You know, eventually as he grows up in that generation, that you know, I didn't I didn't grow up necessarily with the internet. It was a few years into my uh, my adolescence that that became a thing. But I think you know, automation is is just a part of everyday life in so many ways now. And I could certainly see that eventually uh, coming, but I, I think EVs are, are probably a step closer in my view uh, than, than maybe fully fully autonomous. Then again, uh, I'm an old soul. Maybe I'm a little bit behind the, <laughs> behind the curve there. Well, you know, in, in another, in a, I think another product that is important that I think Malkian is, is uh, really on the cutting edge with is the all weather products. I think mm-hmm. that another product uh, market segment that I think only is going to show growth uh, going forward. I know, um, you know, I've thought long and hard about putting winter tires on my car and I have not taken that step, but I'm also wondering whether I should put all weather tires on my car because I have all seasons and they're not as obviously as good as the all weather tires. So um, I think that's going to be a, uh, that's a good segment. I think it's, it's a good growth potential And, and the dealers that, kind of embrace that in the regions where it's it's applicable i think uh there's growth there i have to agree and again i think that's about consumer education the terms all season and all weather are in many people's views interchangeable in reality they're vastly different products and i certainly agree i mean i i live here in tennessee and have put all weather uh, tires on on my family car for that for that very reason just for that peace of mind uh, so you, you've talked about a couple of, of, of aspects of Nokian tires that jump out to you, whether it's all weather, whether it's sustainability. From your view as an impartial industry analyst, how do you view our company? How do you view Nokian tires as you talk to a group of, of loyal Nokian tires customers? And, and what are you hearing from from dealers out there about our brand identity? You know, um, I will tell you this. When I, when I joined the tire industry, um, I didn't know probably... I probably only knew maybe a quarter of the tire brands or tire manufacturers that were out there. Uh, Nokian was one of them, hmm. but in my limited knowledge, I thought Nokian only made winter tires. Um, I know, you know, you know, I always thought winter, I always uh, 
uh, associated winter tires with Nokian, which is completely understandable. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, since I've been in the industry, I've learned, you know, you guys have an outstanding, impeccable reputation. The dealers who sell your products seem to really love to sell your products. And that's a credit to you and to your bosses and, uh, you know, to your, your uh, headquarters back in Finland about how they've established themselves. Um, you guys put out an outstanding product and uh, your dealer network is strong. I think the dealers love to sell your products. I think they love the programs you have them. Um, you know, I can't honestly say I've heard anyone say a negative thing about Nokian tires in my time, you know, with tire business. Um, with that having been said, I think there's uh, plenty to do with brand identity. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I mean, you know that as well as anybody else. It's just, you know, you have to educate consumers that, hey, we sell other tires. We just don't sell winter tires. And uh, the more you can expand that, expand your product range. And, and by having the, the plant there in um, Dayton, I think is a, is a big, big plus for you to be able to be here and, and uh, get that uh, brand identity, that brand knowledge expanding from that, from that plant. And especially logistically uh, having the, the, the ability to move product rather than rely on container ships. Yeah, that's the that's the next step, right? Is is planting the flag in Southeast Tennessee as a way of planting it in in North America as a whole, and and putting those all season and all weather products really at the forefront um, of of that push. Um, thanks for your your comments about us. I'll, I'll offer a couple about tire business. I think you guys do as strong a job as anybody covering the breadth and the depth of this crazy industry that is the tire industry, and and that starts with the work of you and and Bruce and Kathy and and uh, so many on your team. Uh, I'll give you a chance here in closing to to plug your work. Uh, the answer to this is apparent to me, but I'll let you you give it. How will dealers benefit from reading not just your media report, but your issue to issue uh, uh, content that you're putting out there? And are there any other upcoming products that you'd like to plug? Well, I appreciate that question, Wes, and I appreciate your comments about our staff, entire business. Um, you know, we have an extremely small staff. I mean, we have, you know, really two and a half full timers. And um, they do the jobs, they do the work of three times the number of people that we have. It's, it's remarkable what they're able to produce. And um, I think what, what, what sets us apart is our ability to uh, not only give, give the tire industry the news it wants, but also to provide some analysis, to provide some in-depth reporting uh, on, on what is going on and, and, you know, try to present both sides of an issue. Uh, you know, there's, you know, we talked about the uh, anti-dumping duties that were just imposed. Um, you know, there's both sides of that issue and you got to look at both sides. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we pride ourselves on that. And the staff I have, uh, starting with managing editor Dave Manley and Kathy McCarron and, and Bruce Davis has been with us now over 41 years, which is just <laughs> amazing, remarkable, remarkable. And the knowledge, I mean, he's forgotten more about the tire industry <laughs> than I ever know. Um, so, you know, we have a very good staff and, and we all are engaged in it. And we all, uh, we all look forward to writing stories to, to, to help the industry. And, and I think it's important for, for dealers to know, 
we want them to succeed. We want tire makers to succeed. We're, we're not out to um, uh, find fault or find uh, negative, negative stories. But if a story is negative or if there's something that needs to be reported, we're not going to shy away from it. That's, mm -hmm. that's information people should know, dealers should know. And, and it's our job to do that. So we, we take great pride in that. We, we really do. I think we're the only uh, tire trade press that covers the, uh, some of the lawsuits that, that uh, are, are, I think, of prime interest in the industry. So, you know, we, we take great pride in that. Um, some of the, some of the uh, things we have coming up, uh, the mid-year tire report, I think a dealer will benefit because any type of tire that he has, he can look at that, he can read about what that manufacturer thinks is important. And I think that's a that's a key thing. I mean, if you're if you're selling uh, Hankook tires and and you look and see what the 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 CEO of Hankook is saying, um, Triangle, uh, uh, as we talked to Tommy uh, Heinemann from Nokian, uh, uh, completed a questionnaire. So, uh, you know, we we try to get try to get all the perspectives in there in their words. I definitely think it's worth a read. It's a very good read. Um, the next issue coming up, we're going to do a major report for the aftermarket industry. So we're going to talk to some of the dealers, the, the big dealers and what they're seeing. And it kind of goes hand in glove with, with our tire maker report. Um, and then uh, I, I would encourage people to pick up our next issue because we'll have more coverage of uh, Goodyear's purchase of Cooper. I think that's a big industry a milestone and um, I, I don't think uh, dealers can get enough information about that, particularly if they sell one of those two brands. A um, couple things going forward that I'd like to mention. Uh, we have uh, on July 5th, we're going to be talking about the latest in UHP. Uh, July 10th, the marketing groups, our marketing groups issue. Um, where we're talking about the point S's of the world. Uh, August 2nd, we're going to be looking at trends in light truck tires, and that's a big, big, big segment. And we didn't mm -hmm. talk about the large rim diameter tires that all the tire makers are putting a lot of focus on. Um, our, our middle edition in August is on automotive service and automotive service franchise programs. Uh, but I want to really call the attention to the last issue of August, which is our global tire report. Uh, we we uh, do tons of research and uh, trying to get the most accurate, up-to-date uh, sales figures from every the top 75 tire makers around the world. So uh, it's a great issue. List every plant, what, what they make, uh, how many employees they have, whether they're union or non-union. It's, it's just a fantastic piece of information. I would encourage readers and dealers, if they haven't seen our global tire report, to be sure to pick one up. Fantastic industry insight, experience, and journalistic integrity. Don, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And best of luck. I'll say best of health and worst of luck to your Los Angeles Dodgers this year. Same to you for your Atlanta Braves, my friend. <laughs> Well, thanks to Don for the conversation. He is such a pivotal industry voice because he's talking to so many other industry voices all the time. We talk to Don on a almost weekly basis at Noki and Tires and are really appreciative of the job that he does bringing a spotlight to what tire makers are doing and helping tire dealers understand those key trends. And that works in reverse as well. As he writes about many of you, then we're able to read those experiences and understand how to better tailor our business to your needs. We hope that you enjoyed that conversation. If you would like to 
to be a guest uh, on this segment. We'd love for you to reach out and let us know. We can talk to you about what you're doing at your shop and how your experiences mirror some of these larger trends, or maybe they don't. We'd like your perspective. Just email me, west.bowling at nokiantires.com. You can also email hello at nokiantires.com if you don't want to try to spell my last name. If you do, it's like the sport without the W-B-O-L-I-N-G. Well, let's take a look before we close at the road ahead. We mentioned earlier in this show that Nokian Tires is adding a fourth shift in Dayton to be able to double our production, make it 24-7 at our North American factory. Coming up in the coming weeks, we'll have a date for that expansion to share with you, probably by the time we record this next podcast, and that's going to be in early July. We'll be able to let you know when that fourth shift is happening, and ultimately our goal is still to only be at about a quarter of eventual capacity this year. So we're looking at 1 million tires per year in 2021, but as we move forward and continue to add bodies and add technology, our ultimate goal is to hit a capacity of 4 million tires per year made right here in North America, right in the heart of the United States. Stay tuned on that one. We'll have more news coming out of Dayton in the coming weeks. And finally, a reminder that the Journey campaign launches June 28th. It will go through July 23rd, and it's a chance for drivers to win tires, to enter their favorite road trips, and to see what other people are doing, what other travels they're taking this summer. But it's also a chance for you to get involved. If you would like to be featured in this road trip campaign, we want to give your shop some publicity and try to bring people your way. Just email me, west.bowling at nokiantires.com. All it would take is a quick interview with you about a road trip that you would recommend in your area. We'll turn that into more of a profile of your shop, though, what makes you special and why drivers should visit your shop if they're located in your area or if they're traveling your direction. So maybe even you can draw some people your way on road trips. We hope they don't have any tire issues, but if they do, hey, they know where to go because you're the one who recommended the trip. It'd be a lot of fun to have you participate. We hope that you're willing to do so, and uh, we'd love for you to get involved. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Don DeTour. We'll be back next month with another edition of the Nokian Tires Journey Podcast. Until then, enjoy your beautiful journeys. Nokian Tires is a global tire manufacturer passionate about providing drivers and dealers with peace of mind in all conditions. We're committed to crafting safe, sustainable, premium tire products that lead the industry in innovation. And this podcast is just one of many ways we're striving to be a close partner to you. If you have any feedback or ideas for the show, don't hesitate to reach out. My email address is west.bowling, that's B-O-L-I-N-G, at Nokian Tires, with a Y, dot com. Until next time, keep on rolling.